Somebody mentioned something about third nipples and I was like, oh, so-and-so has one, so-and-so has one. And they were like, why do you know so much about third nipples? And I was like, <laughs> I look like a freak because I read some <laughs> trashy tablet story about it. And then it randomly like pops up in my brain. And I was like, you know what? If this is going to be some weird thing that people think I know a lot about, I'm going to actually research about it. So <laughs> here we are. Hiya, strangers, and welcome to Half-Assed History, the podcast where two embarrassingly unqualified people teach you about a topic. Get ready for some mildly incorrect information and a lot of side tangents. This is the podcast Half-Assed History. I am Cola, and this is my friend. Hi, I'm Matt. And you're actually not just a friend, you're my brother. Yeah, I'm your brother. Which is the best kind of friend. (laughs) Yeah, I bullied you into it. I don't know if I was bullied into it. I'm probably like privileged to get on here only because I'm your brother. I probably bullied you into it this weekend. (laughs) Last weekend, you were like, are you still going to do that? Like, let's do it. And this weekend, I'm like, hey, (laughs) I'm bored. (laughs) I'm bored and you're the only one that I know that has a mic. (laughs) (laughs) A mic and a pop filter. Yeah. I am all set. That's not true. I actually, I went to film school. I should know many uh, people that have these very simple things. But anyway. So how's your week been? I mean, my week was okay. Today has been weird. A, I don't know why my dog keeps waking me up earlier on weekends than she does during the weekday. Like earlier than I have to get up for work on the weekday. She's oh, like, horrible. it's 6 a.m. Let's get up. And I'm like, I will murder you. The biggest issue is that I could ignore her and she would eventually like shut up and and quiet down. But she's very loud about it. So she barks constantly and she does like that high pitched whiny bark because she's Uh, afraid. But yeah. And my bedroom shares a wall with uh, because I'm in a duplex now. And I don't think it's that. Yeah, I don't think it's their bedroom or anything. I think it's actually their living room that is aligned with mine. But it's still like I'm sure they can hear this high pitched shrieking dog. Oh, and that's the worst kind of bark. Like, that just makes you want to, like, straight up murder a dog. Yeah, it's the worst. She did it today in directly into my ear, too, because then I know I sent you the video, but driving home from the park, because I took him to the dog park twice today because they're spoiled, driving up my street, there was, like, a deer, and it just kind of, like, sauntered out in front of my car I was very far back so it wasn't alarming at all but I was like cool a deer and then yeah. as I was recording it her two little babies came out which was even cuter but my dumb dog was so excited about it that she was like trying to climb into the front seat to get to the deer and she barked directly into my ear and it rang for like five minutes I was like mm, I will have hearing damage because of this dog yeah yeah they're a lot of fun mm-hmm so are you crating her because she's been getting into your trash or have you always crated her at night? I've always crated her at night. Um, oh, is she just uh, crazy at night or what? Yeah, I don't think she really understands. Like, it's nighttime. It's time to be calm unless she's in uh, her crate. And I don't that's... think she'd sleep through the night. I've been I've been trying to let her out a little bit here and there and like leave her out for a few hours at the beginning of the night and see how she does. And she's usually okay. But she's also so um, attached to me that she wants to sleep on top of me and like on the bed. And I don't like that. Kaz never sleeps on the bed. He'll hop up there for like five minutes and then be like, I'm hot. I'm going to go lay in the bathroom for the you know remaining seven hours. But she 
she'll wake up and then she'll step directly on you. So like you'll be sleeping and then all of a sudden there will be this like really heavy, sharp paw in your stomach and you're like, I'm awake. So I just, I always crate her, but she might have to start being crated during the day too because she keeps destroying things. Uh, Hasn't stopped. It's only uh, been the last two weeks and I'm like, what the heck? Yeah, hopefully it's just a phase. Yeah. So I was creating mine, and now I'm like back to not. Yeah. So far, so good, but it's been like a week. Oh. So we'll see. Well, yours is also way better behaved than my dog. <laughs> than Except for mine dog. doesn't have um, a partner in crime. So True. she's one of those dogs that's like, I didn't think you were coming home. And so I ate everything. <laughs> Mine is just like mad. She's just like, you left me and I'm going to eat things. Like I literally ran to the store today and came home and she had eaten. um, She had ripped the sole out of one of like my favorite pairs of tennis shoes that I was Mm. like, I wear these, you asshole. Yeah. So that was fun. And then because she woke me up at 6 a.m., I was like, I'm going to try and take a nap at like noon. But then uh, the tornado sirens went off and I was like, what's happening? Literally, as I was like, I'm crawling into bed, had like changed into pajamas. And then like, that's all I hear. I'm like, come on, man. I just want to take a nap. I don't know why they went off. I think they must have just been like testing them or some glitch or something because they went off like once, like one round. And then they shut off. Any warning on your phone? No. And I even Googled it and there was nothing. It was also beautiful and clear outside and people that are about. 30 miles away theirs also went off so i think it must have just some system thing but it's been eventful (laughs) wow i'm tired my day has been lame yesterday there was a 3.6 earthquake in the morning but then i went to work and everything's been fine it's been a lot quieter they're finally dying down not really um the bigger ones have calmed down but they're still like constant so the smaller ones are constant so i don't know what's going on but they finally got our gym opened. You know, I work on the base here, and the gym has been opened. But the gym, the building that the gym was in, is basically going to be demolished because it was, like, totally destroyed. And, right. and when I say totally destroyed, like, it's not a pile of rubble or anything like that, but it's unsafe to occupy. Like, it got rocked. So they're not going back in there. But they were able to bring, like, some equipment out, and the gym is now outside. And where I live... It's very hot, and it's regularly like over 105, and there's not complete shade where they have the gym, so it's 105 and full sun in the desert. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm glad that something is set up, but it's a different experience. Like, you're outside in the sun, and you're trying to squat, and it's like rough. So I'm glad there's something there, but it's a totally different experience. Yeah, I I I don't know those people that do like hot yoga and all that stuff. I'm yeah. like, n- no, I don't. I don't know. Apparently, it's like amazing, and you feel so much better afterwards. But that just sounds horrible to me. Yeah, like hot yoga, it's like kind of humid and hot, and you're mm-hmm. like stretching and doing stuff. But like, imagine squatting like 300 pounds in full sun. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's another level, dude. Like, it's yeah, no, thank not you. cool. So, <laughs> yeah, I've heard of like hot kettlebells. I mean, every basically Ugh. any kind of class you can take now, they're like, let's make it hot. And I'm like, yeah, Pat. It, it, hot is gross and, and hot is not cool. I will take hot, but hot and full sun, yeah, like, no. that's another level, dude. 
It is. It's like rough. squatting in full sun at 109. No. Like imagine what that's like. I what? would just get you fat. start getting tunnel vision at like rep three or four. You know, that's what I've been dealing with. Well, I mean, pr- props to you for even going and still working out because I would not. I wouldn't. I'd be like, I'm sorry. I would well, like what's open the back door. Nice is like a lot of people aren't going. That's so true. I'm like, yeah, I will that's be hardcore fair. and go. <laughs> that's fair. Stay even away. It- at like the heat so i mean just barely it's like the heat of the day and i was like i'm gonna take my dogs to the park and there's like no shade and it's horrible and i'm not there that long and i'm obviously not working out but i'm also like yeah i will take them and suffer through this because then they get more tired yeah they're probably gonna die of heat stroke (laughs) (laughs) they're fine we're not there long enough but yeah right so i kind of get it because you're like nobody else is here and it's great and i don't have to put up with like shitty dogs or at the gym it's like you don't have to deal with gym people because gym people are kind of the worst sometimes yeah um if i had the place and like an extra two thousand dollars i would have my own home gym and i would just work out by myself maybe my gym partner because he's pretty cool or kind of like gym married but gross (laughs) that's all we do together we just do the gym and then we go about our lives. Maybe there's a text here and there. That's it. <laughs> it's a perfect relationship. I was going to say, that's the best kind of relationship. Yeah. With somebody that you have one set thing that you do with them, and that's it. Yeah. No obligations. And it's been five years since I've been with my Aww. gym. Oh, you guys do anything special? <laughs> no. Um, I don't even know. Like, what is the five year anniversary thing? Like, you know. Oh, you are asking the wrong person. <laughs> Well, it's such a stupid old tradition, but it is kind of funny. Like, is that the paper or the wood or like a diamond? Like, what is that? What am I supposed to get this person? I want to know who came up with that because some of them are very weird. Like diamonds. Okay. That makes sense. Wood and paper? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What should this wood consist of? I don't understand. I'm going to find this out. Fifth year. It is wood. (laughs) (laughs) Wood. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, because first year is paper. I knew that. But year one is paper. Could you? I could not imagine. Here's the deal. I'm not high maintenance, I don't think. Um, And especially not in a relationship. I'm like, cool, whatever. Like, you could buy me food and I'm pretty happy. Right. I don't need a lot of gifts because I'm I'm also an adult. So anything I want, I can pretty much buy. If it was my first wedding anniversary, and unless we were like really poor and struggling and he like handmade something, if somebody got me something that had to do with paper, <laughs> I, I think I'd be like, whoa, this is such a disappointment. I actually think I'd be really disappointed unless they got clever with it. But also I guess right. paper, that might be like books and I'm into books. So maybe it was like a special book. Like traditionally, know? what did paper mean? Like that's so weird. No, they, and I feel like the one year is like, that's pretty significant. Cause it's like, diamond. it's been a year and that's when you like got to consider like, oh, it's been a year with this person. So like this kind of needs to be significant at year two. You're like, cool. Another year, but like neat, you know, like, like the one year is almost more significant than the other ones Dude. until you get to like five and beyond that, you know, obviously, but I don't know. Okay. So these are really weird. So paper. Then cotton, like <laughs> here's a shirt. It's, it's literally a cotton blend, but it still kind of counts. 
really breathable. Don't worry. Right. Um, third year is leather, which I'm very into. Please give me a leather jacket or something. <laughs> that's great. Oh, oh, that's but, year three? That's year three, but I'm guessing yeah. most people that get leather is probably not a leather jacket. Probably not, but at <laughs> least like at year three, you're kind of worth like 150, 200 bucks. So yeah. Yeah. There you go. Fourth is fruit and flowers or linen and silk. Wow. What okay. a cop. I don't know. Uh, five is wood, like we said, which I, oh, I don't know. What? I don't know. Like, make me a boat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Boats are pretty big. I think you need to have, like, you know, the facility to accommodate any kind of wooden boat. Okay. If he can't yeah. go big, then I'm calling a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> well, what if you live in an apartment? <laughs> well, I don't. So. I have- to put this wooden boat but thank well, you here's the it's deal it's going to become my coffee table me alone on my own does not live in an apartment so i do not know why if i added an extra income we would then have to downgrade to an apartment <laughs> i would you assume think? you're living with this person after year five so yeah you should Is be somewhere he... where you could have a boat does he have a gambling problem why can't he build me a boat? <laughs> <laughs> year six confuses me it is candy, which, okay, but also oh. cheap, or yeah. iron. <laughs> why, why were those two, they were like, you know, either or. They're equivalent. <laughs> candy. Here's like a box of C's candies, or here's a Lodge brand skillet. <laughs> Literally. All I thought about was like an iron poker for fires, where they were just like, oh, here you yeah. go. Oh. Yeah, but like, still, you'd this be is like, what I oh, you to death with. Thank you. <laughs> oh, this is a weird list. Seven is wool or copper. And then they just straight up skip eight and then they jump to nine. What? Wait, there's nothing for eight? Because I'm... seven is wool or copper. Hey, here's an idea. Take wool or <laughs> copper and put that at number eight. I'm sure that there is an eight, but this list, they just completely left it off. Oh, eight is um bronze. This is the worst thing ever. I just pulled this up and they have traditional versus modern. So oh, like yes. year one is traditional as paper. Modern is a clock. A clock. A clock. Thank you. How how freaking original that you bought me a $5 clock at Walmart. I <laughs> might put this in my kitchen, except for I already have one. Thanks, bro. Also, the battery is going to die and I'm never going to change it. It's going to be stuck on 816 for the rest of our lives together. (laughs) Yeah, here's an idea. Buy me a pack of batteries at the dollar (laughs) store. Uh, This is is the weirdest thing. So five traditionally is wood. They say modern is silverware, which, okay. Uh, But then year six is candy uh, and iron. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What year was that? Five, wood or silverware. Okay. Okay, at five years, yeah, let's get some new silverware. We've been living together. We combined our two sets, and it's pretty annoying having two (laughs) sets of silverware that don't line up in the in the trays. So let's let's donate that to Goodwill or Salvation Army and get like a real set of silverware. Okay, but year six is the candy or iron one, which is like just even for modern times. No, no, no. For modern oh. times, it's wood. Oh, <laughs> wood again. Wow, we haven't gotten away from this. Seven. Okay, so seven is copper. Or a desk set for modern. Yeah, oh. no. 
Oh, good. Awful gift. What is this, 1970s? I know. Literally, I was like, a desk set? I don't even fully know what that means at this point in my life because nobody buys them. Yeah, like, you could get that at Staples, like, in 1999, but I don't think you can even find that somewhere. No, probably not. Unless you're, like, an executive and you literally need, like, a desk set because you're signing stuff all the time. And then the mysterious number eight was bronze. Mm. Traditionally. Modern, they say linens or lace. Or what? Linens or lace. Oh, lace. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, like, uh, Frederick's a Hollywood or something. Neat. <laughs> Another wedding dress. <laughs> <laughs> to get remarried, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so awful. And then nine was the pottery one. Or again, the modern one is leather. So I, whoever uh, made this modern list is like not unique at all. Uh, They're just repeating things. Although I will say, once you start getting into um, like 25, 30, 35, 40, 45, 50, and 60, that's when you start getting the the gems. So that's when you get... Um, or more jewelry oh. type stuff. You get like diamonds and silver. Yeah. And this is how classic it is. They're the same, whether traditional or modern. So they're okay. like, if it's silver, just get her silver. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. I, I bought my girlfriends in high school silver. So like, I don't know what this list consists of. So, you know, and that's the thing too. There's always like sterling silver jewelry. That is not that pricey. Yeah. It's it, like 12 bucks, dude. Yeah. So. It's, not it's you're fine you're gonna be able to afford it shell out 50 bucks or something for your wife (laughs) (laughs) she doesn't want a desk set (laughs) (laughs) that would be the weirdest gift (laughs) she'd be like oh thanks like what is this about you're like it's on the list bro and she's like uh what list this is a stupid gift i hate you okay all right so i'll start yeah, you're going to start today. Yours seems a little heavy, so. I mean, it's not super heavy, but it's just okay. like, it's some it's some pretty hardcore history, so. Okay, great. Yeah, <laughs> to, to steal the name of another podcast, but. Um, Is yeah. it? Oh. Yeah, hardcore history. Yeah, very good. Dude's got one that comes out like every few months. <laughs> Perfect. Bro, same. <laughs> <laughs> Before the Civil War, there was a guy named John Brown, and have you ever heard of the John Brown Rebellion? No, I don't think so. Like, John Brown sounds familiar, but that's also just, like, two very common names, so I I probably have no idea. Right, you might as well say John Smith, and you'd be like, uh, maybe, but there's, like, 500 other people I've heard of with that name, so. But yeah, John Brown, right before, we're talking, like, months before the Civil War, incited a rebellion in Westford, Virginia. And it was like super short-lived, but totally, basically accelerated the Civil War. And you just, okay. you really don't hear about this in history. I've only heard it from like outside sister, uh, outside sources. Like you'll never hear about this in your history class in college. Definitely not in high school. Um, it's just like not part of it. So something that's a little obscure. I mean, if, if you're like a history buff, like you've probably heard about this guy especially if you know anything about the civil war you've heard about this guy but outside of those circles this is fairly obscure so the rebellion actually happened in 1859 but uh so it was about um less than a year and a half before the civil war but i'll go back into like because the rebellion itself is fairly short-lived okay um, 
it's mostly like the lead up um, to everything. So I'm going to go back and, and start about who this John Brown character is. So John Brown, he was born in Connecticut in 1800. So like 59 years before he died. Spoiler alert. Hey, man, everybody dies, right? He wouldn't still be around today. No, but you were you said that's when the uh, the rebellion was. So right, right. now yeah, we know he doesn't really make it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hey, I'll get better at this. So um, he was kind of the son of like northern abolitionists. So people that were against slavery and like actively tried to abolish the um, institution of slavery. Okay. So his father was a guy named Owen Brown. They lived in Connecticut for a while. When John Brown was five years old, they lived, They moved to Ohio. And there his father like opened a tannery business. It's like a leather tannery, like pretty common back then. Um, but he opened this business. But in his house, they operated a safe house for the Underground Railroad. Where they were like, um, I could, or they I were, could hear that. You what could hear it? that, yeah. Yes. That was a car going by that <laughs> apparently was like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> wow. All right. Yeah, normally don't anyway. hear that. So I don't know what that was. <laughs> normally, when I hear something loud where I live, it's like a fighter jet or yeah. like a helicopter. So anyway. <laughs> Just a car. All right. Just a car going by the road. And I live far, far, pretty far away from the road. So anyway, um, yeah, like his, his dad operated this house and it was like a safe house for slaves escaping in the Underground Railroad. So like he was a stop for s- slaves escaping to Canada. Okay. So John Brown like grew up in this environment and that definitely like paved the way for like his actions later. Brown had an interesting life and maybe it was pretty common back then. Like we're so like everything goes nicely for us nowadays. But this dude, he lost his first wife, lost many children during his life, had a bunch of failed business ventures. Um, there were several economic crises during his life that wiped out his business and, you know, led to them being poor. And he had several children that like died of dysentery and stuff. Life was like totally different back then. Like we're so like, Oh, I know. Like if even you just, just oh, I was going to say, even just like people always think of the twenties as like the golden age or even people fantasize or like romanticize, I should say like the sixties or the seventies. And they're like, I just wanted to be a hippie. And I'm like, do you know how much worse life was back then? And that wasn't that long ago. And it's still the advances that we have. It's like, no, it's fine. I would rather live now comfortably with like everything being super freaking easy and be able to watch documentaries on that and be like, what a neat era and just live through it that way. I don't need to be in that shit and especially not anything later than the 20s. It was so ridiculously hard and death was like always like around you. Yeah, just um, knocking so, at your door. What? So even <laughs> even into like the mid '90s, like SIDS, sudden infant death, yeah. syndrome, was very common. And then people have realized, oh, babies are basically suffocating on their stomachs. So just make your baby sleep on your back. And once they did that, like SIDS was almost like completely eradicated. It went down like ninety percent. Yeah, so we don't, don't even have like babies die very often nowadays. Yeah, I like never hear about SIDS anymore. Like, I don't even know if people in like the Gen Z generation, like your kid, I don't know if they would even know 
Like, what if you asked is. him what SIDS was, I don't know if he would know. Yet yeah. me, as a teenager his age or younger, I knew what SIDS was. Right. Like, and we he all knew. might have, like, somehow knew someone who lost a child from SIDS. Yeah. It was still rare, but, like, sure. now it's been basically eradicated. Like, it just it, doesn't happen. No. So... Then go back to like, yeah, the 20s where you're saying where like our grandpa, he had a couple brothers that died like just after childbirth. Yeah. It was just very common. This dude like had, you know, children, like full grown children and like lost several of them. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. uh, He lost a couple to dysentery during like one of the financial crises that they had. And that was just basically where like you get some um internal infection in your gut and you have diarrhea for a long time and you die from like pooping your brains out and dying of like uh dehydration because you just can't keep anything down no doctor no hospital no nothing you're just like dying in the house as a child i don't know if i ever knew really what dysentery was like i kind of did but like also not like like everyone just knows it because they're like the oregon trail the oregon trail no, yeah. no I own that ever, shirt. Like, you have died from dysentery. <laughs> <laughs> and we can laugh at it now. But at the time, actually fairly uh, real. Lots of people died. Yeah. It wasn't just the Oregon Trail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everywhere. And even in like a city of several thousand people, like there wouldn't be anybody there who could do anything for you. It'd just mm-hmm. be like you're relying on whatever god or nature or karma or whatever you want to call it at that time yeah you're relying on whatever to like get your child through that so different kind of time and i think like we like to judge history by like today's standards but if you look at like his time and like what this guy john brown went through it kind of leads into like some of the things he was like just willing to do Mm. uh so i'll just leave it at that and continue here so He lived in a few towns um, and had a few failed businesses, like I said. And eventually, the idea of slavery abolition, like, was, like, coming to a head in, like, the middle of the 19th century. As territories in the West, like the pioneers, Mm -hmm. as those territories began to be, like, opened and they weren't states yet, but the United States was like, uh, these are ready to be settled. Like, go ahead and move out there. One of the territories was Kansas and Nebraska. Um, but Kansas in particular had a lot of uh, issues. That and, doesn't surprise me. Well, um, it was what happened at that time is as a new territory would be open for settlement. It was like, well, is this going to be a free state or mm. a slave state? And in the in the uh, instance of Kansas and Nebraska territories, they were like, uh, you just kind of do what you want, bro. There was this bill that was passed and it was like kind of just open. You do what you want. If you want to be free, go ahead and be free. If you want to own slaves, go ahead and own slaves. And it was just okay. totally left open. It was a crazy, crazy bill that was passed. So that led to abolitionists and pro-slavery people like having several conflicts. So the whole crisis from... 1854 to 1861 was called the Bleeding Kansas Crisis. And what it was basically is like there would be a town where like some pro-abolitionists would make a little settlement and the next town over like some pro-slavery people would be like, nah, I don't like you. So they would conjure up this uh, war party and they would go in there and like try to destroy that settlement. Great. And vice versa. (laughs) And it would happen all over the place. And this happened for like, let me see, seven years. And it would just happen all over the 
place, right? And they were mostly like minor skirmishes, you know, a few people would die, but they would wipe out the settlement and you'd have to go and find some other place to settle, right? Yeah, like um, like minor in numbers and stuff and everything. Right. But if that was your life, I mean, you're you're screwed. <laughs> Absolutely. And imagine something like that happening now. Whatever issue oh, you want to pick, people were willing to like take up arms against another community and yeah. go in there and fight against them, right? And the other community would have to fight against you. And no matter how many people died, you would be like, holy shit, what the hell is going on? And this is just like common back then. Yeah. Donald Glover has a fantastic bit in his stand-up special Weirdo about that, where he's like, he's like, people always complain about nowadays and they're like, oh, we live in the worst time ever. Yeah. And he's no. like... No, we don't. And he's like, no. just a couple hundred years ago, people could come in and like destroy your village, rape your wife, steal your kids, and you'd just be like, well, it's nighttime. And he's like, you couldn't get away with that nowadays. He's like, somebody would tweet that and they'd be like, WTF? And that's the same as <laughs> like, you could not get away with anything nowadays. And that would, no. I mean, because again, we are constantly connected to everything. But yeah, that's Absolutely. insane. And it, it really wasn't that long ago. Like when you try and put into perspective, like how young of a country we have, we're not that old. And then when you think of all the shit that's happened since we've become a country, like the Civil War, you're like, that wasn't that long ago. No, <laughs> it truly about, about wasn't. 150 years. Yeah. Yeah. That's not that long. And um, even if you look at it nowadays in a global perspective, we're doing like pretty well. Like if you if you look at some countries in Africa and some countries in the Middle East yeah. and you talk to like Iraq and Afghanistan veterans, it's basically what the world was like 200 years ago where mm -hmm. everyone is willing to take up arms because it is a shitty world yeah. and they'll avenge someone for like the smallest slight or whatever. And we're very sheltered and it's very nice for us and it's hard for us to understand how it goes. And I don't want to make this political, but like social justice warriors who want everything to be perfect and you have your safe space, that only works in a society like ours. Yeah. Like yeah, if you go back, sure. if you go back to 1859, like that's not that long ago, 1859, mm -hmm. like this is a completely different world without healthcare for anyone. Yeah. Or, or anyone, let alone like the rich and elite. Like there was just like a doctor was like not that. I think you had mentioned it last week in the yeah. uh, bloodletting thing. Like your barber was basically yeah. considered a doctor. Like I was yeah, cut hair and like I'll push some leeches on your shit, you know, and maybe it'll <laughs> help. Yeah. Um, bleeding Kansas crisis. All sorts of these things happening all over. And you would just be a settlement. You'd go in. You're like, hey, cool, man. I don't like slavery. And someone like a band, a, a war party, like a literal war party would come through. Maybe they don't kill a lot of people, but they're wiping out your village. And that is their intended goal. And they take you out and you have to find somewhere else to go. You have to pack up, take everything that you've invested there and move on, dude. Ugh. Because they're taking over that place. So, and this would happen on both sides. But in one particular event, some abolit—sorry, uh, some pro-slavery people, militia, actually like took over a settlement. It was in Lawrence, Kansas, and this John Brown guy. Two of his sons were captured, and he was like nearby. I think he was in Missouri. He like took up a a few men, thirty-eight dudes. Him and thirty-eight dudes went okay. over to 
try to get rid of this uh, band of 300 pro-slavery dudes that had taken over this this town of Lawrence, Kansas, this little tiny settlement. So 38 dudes against 300. It was like 200-something at that time. But he was outnumbered like 7 to 1. And right. he was able to like have a, a little bit of impact there. And you know he lost a couple guys, but he killed 40 dudes in all. Um, on the other side so he gained like a little bit of national recognition for this okay. and at that point he left kansas went to the northern states and like gained a bunch of like funding and stuff and what his eventual idea was was to go down into kansas and other places missouri and eventually go into the south and like make a uh slavery uprising and okay. that was his idea it, it was like a military idea but he thought more slaves would come in and it would sort of like be a battle of attrition where more more slaves were joining his cause yeah the southerner the slaveholding southerners were going to lose more slaves and eventually it would just be like this isn't worth it we give up we're going to be um abolitionists as well right yeah obviously it didn't end up that way but during this time like in washington both sides there's like these pro-abolitionists like little groups in congress and there's pro-slavery groups in congress and they like hate each other and at one point um if you've ever heard of charles sumner he was actually Actually, he actually like had these speeches talking about slavery as, you know, you having a mistress with a harlot. And that was like fighting words back then, right? Sure. He, he equated pro-slavery people as like sleeping with a harlot mistress, right? So he does this big speech in front of Congress. He's a senator. And two days later, like everybody's like, like a few people are in the Congress congressional chambers and they're like writing some stuff. And Charles Sumner is one of these guys. And this other senator comes up and like basically canes this person almost to death. Charles Sumner like oh almost gosh. dies. And everybody, else, there's like another dude that who's with this caning person who like holds the other senators at bay with a pistol and is like, let this just happen. Let them work it out. And the dude's what? just getting beaten to death by a cane, right? <laughs> so he ends up living and he comes what? back, but it's like... It's like a big deal. And uh, this is something that's just like totally lost to history, right? Oh like gosh. you just never hear about this. And this is going on like in the chambers of the Senate, which actually exists today, right? Like mm -hmm. on those floors, like that happened. Like some dude like basically got caned to death. <laughs> Like, like an inch from like losing his life. He was never the same, even though he came back. He talked slower and it, well, he I'm barely sure. like survived. Yeah. Yeah. Like probably had some brain damage in there. Absolutely. Like, jeez. Absolutely. He basically like collapsed. The dude broke his cane while he was beating him and then took like the, the, the tiny end that was still left and continued like to beat him. Jeez, <laughs> so, yeah. As the dude's like knocked out. So <laughs> this sort of stuff was like all leading up to the civil war right so that happens in 18 1859 or 1856 and that's the time that like this john brown character is going all around the north trying to get of funding he goes into canada which was like a huge place where like the underground railroad ended sure. right because canada like really never had slavery they'd abolished it a long time before um he actually met harriet tubman there who was like oh, yeah, yeah. Know, the person of the underground railroad like that's a name in history that we obviously know at some point he met frederick Douglass. okay yeah yeah you know that one yeah another uh -huh. like reed slave that was like a huge abolitionist and everything so he met this guy so john brown and frederick Douglas had differing opinions 
John Brown had this idea where, like, we need to do this militarily. And Frederick Douglass was like, no, nah, bro, we need to make sure that it's not violent and we just do this diplomatically. So John Brown was trying to get all this funding and this this support of, like, freed slaves. And he was going to lead this, like, huge army through the South and just start taking over towns and spreading the word to like have the slaves join him and it was going to be this huge slave rebellion right and mm-hmm. it would eventually lend to the uh, lead to the end of slavery so basically like a spartacus thing right mm-hmm. even okay. though john brown was never a slave spartacus was a slave but kind of the same thing right we're like slavery is basically going to end we're going to have this huge rebellion and just go through and ransack everything it doesn't end up being this way um because let me see here yeah we'll we'll just go on to the next thing here we'll get this over with It, it ends up in this town called harper's ferry and that's in West Virginia, but it's like on the border of West Virginia. So it's basically like it's on the border of West Virginia and Maryland. Okay. West Virginia was a southern state eventually. Maryland was a union state. Yeah. But it's also very close to Virginia, which is a southern state and is where the the capital of the Confederate of the Confederacy was at. So it's kind of like on the border of all this crap. Yeah. Right. So He's going to go in there. He's expecting to get a brigade of like soldiers of like 4,500 dudes. He's going to take over this armory that was at Harper's Ferry, mm-hmm. um, which is where like they made guns and they stored them. There was like over 20,000 guns um, and pistols were like it was held at this armory. Yeah. He's going to go in there, take this place over, take all the guns, go into the south and start arming slaves for a freaking rebellion. All right. That's his idea. He's expecting 4,500 dudes to join him there. He the goes way that you there. say that makes me just go, oh, no. oh no because i want him to win you want him to win and and i'm just doing this from like a completely uh non-biased thing i'm just telling you like the facts here right i don't want the guy to win or lose i'm just telling you the story so so john brown goes in he's expecting 4500 dudes he goes in with 18 of his or sorry uh he goes in with 16 of his own dudes he's joined by five black people at the time so he has 21 dudes three of these black people are you know completely free black people living in the north two of them are freed slaves Okay. Another one is an escaped slave. Right. So he's he's expecting 4,500 black people to come join him. He gets five. No, and, that's and it? this is because this is because Frederick Douglass at the time was like discouraging blacks from joining John Brown because he was like, "This is bad. You don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. It's going to be bad for us." I kind of agree with Douglass. Like, okay, um, so Douglass yeah. wanted to take like the diplomatic way, and this yeah. dude was just like, "We got to go to war," basically. Basically, and okay. he was hoping that you know, if you had a significant force, it wouldn't take much bloodshed, mm-hmm. but you needed that force to be like, "Look." This is happening, and you're going to have to fight us in order to overturn this. But 4,500 dudes, as opposed to 2,100, is it, or, or sorry, as opposed to 21. Yeah, I was like, totally no, no. Different. Yeah, <laughs> not even 2,100. Like not even 800. <laughs> no, not even a quarter of 100. Like, this dude got like 21 dudes. Oh. Five of these people were his sons. <gasps> no, 
Oh no, this makes me want to cry now. This is heartbreaking now, though. Oh no. (laughs) (laughs) So he arrives in this Harper's Ferry place in Virginia in July 3rd, 1859. And he's waiting for all these people. They're hiding out at a farmhouse that he rents. All these 21 dudes are living in this one house and they're completely like keeping their thing like a secret, right? Like he's having like local townspeople come in, pretend to be these people's children and he's hiding all the rest of them. Like he's making it legit. So like nobody thinks that anything is out of the ordinary and it takes him until, takes him from July until October where he's like, we got to do something. He leaves three men behind at that farmhouse as like a rear guard. (laughs) John, no, no. And um, I'm sorry, if he has been there for that many months and he's like, I only have 21 people. Yeah. Call it, dude. Call it. Like, leap back up with Frederick Douglass. You have to think. Like, um, let's go back to this dude's history here. Like, he's born into a family that's abolitionist. They're absolutely helping, actively helping slaves escape into Canada. And he's white, correct? He is totally white. white. Yeah. His family's totally white. He is totally helping slaves escape to the north, right? So that's the way this dude is raised. Then he leaves, then he loses his, his first wife. He loses several children with that marriage. He marries again, loses several children. He has fails businesses in several towns in several states. His two sons get taken captive in this, this Kansas, this bleeding Kansas thing. So that's another thing to this is that he's kind of minding his business and doing his thing. And there was uh, this one war party that went through Kansas took over this um, abolitionist town, took captive two of Brown's sons. He leads a charge of like another dude's. That was like that whole thing where he was outnumbered seven to one. And he eventually like negotiates to get his sons back. But he realizes like, this is like what's going on here. Like there's active like rebellions happening all over the place. There's bloodshed and stuff. Like this just goes on to like lead this dude to be like, Whatever, man, I am going to take my beliefs and I'm going to make this thing happen, right? Because this is wrong. He's seeing like war parties go yeah. through all these towns, right? Like imagine living in this time. Like, could you imagine like no, thank you. whatever, whatever uh, thing you want to, whatever cause you want to put it to nowadays where people are like actively raiding other towns and doing stuff. We just can't imagine anything like that, right? No. But this is going on in this dude's life. And even though he doesn't have the people, he's like, he has conviction to do this. And also he was like, he had a very strong faith Mm -hmm. and New Testament and everything like led him to have these beliefs where he's like, everyone's equal. Like, I believe this. We need to make this happen. And he was like totally willing to die for it, him and his sons. So they're just like, oh, well, we're outnumbered. We're going to make this happen. So in October... In 1859 at Harper's Ferry, he's like, I'm going to do this. He goes into Harper's Ferry and it goes awesome. He takes oh. over, he takes two, of, he takes the bridges. There's a wagon bridge across one river, which was the Potomac, and another bridge um, that was a railroad bridge that came in. He took that over too. He takes over the armory, mostly because it was only guarded by a single night watchman. So they cool. take that guy prisoner, they Perfect. take over the whole armory. And there's like several buildings associated with this whole thing there like i said there's a place where they store the weapons there's a place where they house the ammunition there's a place where it's a factory that basically makes 
muskets and rifles and stuff. They take over that whole complex. Everything's going great. And Brown is like, he sends most of his men out to go spread the word and like start making a uh, slave rebellion, right? Like, come over and join us. Yeah. Oh, also, I forgot to say, the first thing they do before they take over the armory is they cut the telegraph line. So like, nobody can know what they're doing, right? So Smart. everything goes smooth, right? So then he takes most of his men, sends them out. So he's only left with like five dudes and stuff starts to go wrong. <laughs> oh no. So um, the first thing that goes wrong is a train approaches <laughs> and his men like actually shoot the baggage handler and um, the train continues through and they spread word to Baltimore and then Washington that like this this raid has happened on the armory, right? So that was yeah. the first thing that goes wrong. But then of course, it's a town of over 3,000 people. Like the local militia comes in and they pin down Brown and his and his men that are remaining, like five dudes. Uh, <laughs> they pin them down yeah. the complex, right? So they eventually um, take over this one place inside the armory. It's a firehouse or they had like fire wagons and stuff mm-hmm. so they they go in there it's like it's a brick building with like some big doors and they barricade the place but they're like totally pinned down right and the rest mm-hmm. of his men are like out they ain't coming back right because they see what's going on the craziest his, his thing, other men you mean like the 10 that are left or like the no. 10 that are left <laughs> out there that are like trying to get slaves they maybe like got a few slaves to their cause but it was basically just a lost cause unfortunately yeah so word gets out to washington and the there's a group of marines that gets dispatched out there and it's under the army command of who robert e lee oh shoot (laughs) so basically uh brown he knows he's screwed but they're ready to die so john boy just call it (laughs) go back revamp Try again. Yeah. So they kind of like hold down this this little firehouse for a while. They um, make some holes in the walls and they snipe a few dudes, right? But some people are getting sniped from the other side. And there's kind of a conflict that goes on for a while. At some point, Brown sends out a couple dudes. One of them is his son. And they're like have a white flag. But like the town is pissed. They just kill those two dudes. No. So Brown's inside. Um, There's a, a few little more like skirmishes you know basically sniping going on back and forth another one of brown's sons is Stop sending, your, sending your kids <laughs> yep <laughs> he's injured he eventually dies in there then the marines show up one of them a lieutenant of the army that's under robert e lee goes out with a white flag he's like you guys can surrender and at that point brown is just like nope we'd rather die in here So we're not surrendering. So the group of Marines comes through with a makeshift battering ram and some sledgehammers. They break through the doors and the whole thing is over in like a few minutes. Brown is captured. A couple of his other men are captured. The other two are dead, obviously. Or let me see, at that point, his other three that were dead. And Brown has a trial. He's eventually convicted and he's sentenced to be hung. Um, so Brown, I'm sorry, he's sentenced to be what? Hung or hanged? What's the actual? It, it's hanged, but it's hanged. it was it was also like you didn't quite know, so you kind of combined the two. I've heard <laughs> both, and I damn it, in my notes I wrote hanged, it's hanged. <laughs> and then when I said it was hung, so 
You know what, though? It's because hung is, like, the correct word for, like, I'm going to hang this plant. And you're like, oh, I hung that plant. Okay. But for some reason, when you're talking about, like, actually... Executing something. Yeah, there you go. I kept thinking, like, murder, suicide. I was like, oh, none of those are the correct <laughs> word. Um, But also, yes, technically, you hang. It's hanged. So, okay, um, hanged. Stupid. It sounds wrong, but it's not. It does sound a little bit wrong, but okay. <sighs> it was sentenced yeah. to be hanged until. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so horrible. he had a, a big speech, um, not when he was hung, but as his like final. Sorry, not when he was Sorry, what? When he was hanged. <laughs> um, when he was hung like a plant. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't using the legal term there. <laughs> so when he's cradled by a nice basin. <laughs> <laughs> so he had like a really cool speech which i encourage anyone to like go out and look up as like his final words in court but it's way too long to read here and sort of boring but it's it's just very <laughs> interesting but um as he was being hanged or, or just before he had his technically final words and he gave them to the hangman and it was I, John Brown, am now quite certain that the crimes of this guilty land can never be purged away but with blood. And how right he ended up being. Because the Civil War is still the bloodiest war in American history. There are more military casualties in the Civil War than all the other wars combined, even to this day. Seriously. Seriously. So at the time, the entire population of the United States was about 12 million. I was going to say, we That's weren't that big of a... That was we were not, not that big. You weren't that big, so... Not that big. Still 13 colonies. Um, actually, at that point, I think Florida was um, a state. So there was 14 states and then a bunch of like little territories, Kansas, Missouri, mm-hmm. Nebraska, some other sure. stuff like that. So the entire population of U.S. citizens was about 12 million. 350,000 men died. And we don't know how many civilian casualties, but there was a bunch. We estimate about 500,000. So that's a huge percentage of the population. World War One was you know i think we only lost like fifty thousand dudes not to say that that's a a small thing but like in comparison though in comparison world war ii uh i think like a million dudes vietnam was a million no sorry hundred thousand dudes (laughs) a million what am i thinking i was like that would be more but okay (laughs) yeah sorry And then in Vietnam's like another 50,000. That was like way too much. But still, like all those things combined, including the Korean War, still way less than 350,000. Yeah. Now, we also take that as like both sides because this country never recognized the Confederacy as a separate country, nor did any country around the world. So it was just considered like a rebellion. So you're taking the casualties on both sides. But still, like that's America. It's America as we know it today. That's a lot of people that died. It's a huge population, a huge percentage of the population that was just gone. Massive. So John Brown's words right there really have some foreshadowing to what was coming. Yeah. I mean, and and not that they're even, I mean, remotely comparable, but 9-11 was the was the biggest like life loss of a terrorist attack. And that was 3,000 people. 3,000 people, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's a lot of people, obviously, but that's also, I I mean, you're also like, that's the largest. When you think of Pearl Harbor, I don't know, I I always feel like Pearl Harbor was so massive because they just dropped bombs, but but 9-11, yeah, 9-11 were these two towers. And it was all civilians. 
yeah no military basically but you so think like crazy. you you think of that pivotal moment in our history and how like just traumatic and how it just like it it shaped who everyone became and who our country became 3000 people so then when you think about how huge the civil war was and how many people were lost it's like my gosh man like i cannot even imagine being alive post civil war or being like a child during it or anything like i was during 9/11 and just seeing how like how the country was shaped by that you know, right. like it's got to be crazy. I don't even know. Like, how do you how do you recover from that? I'm I'm truly surprised by how we've kind of bounced back as a country from all of these things because again, we're not that old as like a, an official country, right. and it seems like we've had quite a few freaking wars, and yet well, we're still one of like the top countries in the entire world in you know absolutely and to recover from a crisis like that like if you think about it when kennedy was making the speech that we're going to go to the moon yeah that was exactly 100 years after the civil war that's insane that's a huge recovery right but we did have like some crazy stuff i don't know if there's anything else out there but i'd love to write a thesis about you hear about the wild west you know that's like 1870s 1880s 1890s these were people who were veterans of the civil war yeah and you hear about um which still like to me in my mind i think of them as like so differing and like i don't ever really think about the year between the two but i'm like yeah like oh the the wild west and the civil war those are like two very far different things they're completely i don't even remotely connect them and it's like yeah no they're like less than 20 years apart like yeah less than 20 years apart and people don't equate them with that because most of the troops in the civil war were still using muskets the way they did a hundred years before that in the revolutionary war you know breech loading musket where you pound the ball down in there and you fire it one shot at a time right like there were some advances but most every troop was still using the same technology that they had used 100 and 200 years before that whereas like the 18 you know in the uh, wild west and stuff they had lever actions they had revolvers like the technology had progressed quite a bit but my thing with that is like we hear about ptsd today and don't get me wrong like those people saw some awful things but the civil war those dudes has saw some awful things. A, a typical battle in the Civil War, it was not uncommon. Like, it was almost the norm where if they had a battle, 10, 12, 15,000 people were dying at a time. Imagine, like, these people yeah. running. You're basically running through a field of dead people in front of you to, yeah. like, make this happen. They were the most brave, amazing people you'd ever know. But they had seen all this horrible stuff. And then they just had to, like, go on with their lives, be pioneers, go out and settle these places. They were definitely dealing with some PTSD. And I guarantee you that is why there were so many people who were like nasty cowboys and gunfighters and and people who were like ruthless sheriffs. Like, you know, even Wyatt Earp, he was not a good dude. He just happened to like be the sheriff. And he was what putting do you down mean? the law. I'm sorry, Tombstone and Russell <laughs> er, and Kurt Russell lied to me. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. believe you, you. You don't hear about how like Wyatt Earp was actually a pimp <laughs> before. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh Seriously. God. Why? Okay. Next episode, I'm going to research. Not next episode. <laughs> one of these episodes, I'm going to research Wyatt Earp. Dude, he was like an interesting character. I think yeah. he was alive until like 1920. Like you can find stuff on YouTube yeah. where he's doing interviews on camera. You can see Wyatt Earp talking. Like, yeah. Absolutely amazing. It wasn't that long ago. Again, nope. because nothing was that freaking long ago in our history, which is horrifying. I know. Like we find like some Native American settlement. We're like, Wow, you know, it's like <laughs> that was like two years ago, and you go to like Europe, and it's like, yeah, this is a Roman, you know, Colosseum from like twenty five hundred years ago. <laughs> no, truly, because I went there and I was like, what? <laughs> we don't have any of this shit in our country. None of it. Jeez. Well, that was depressing. Mine's <laughs> not at all depressing. <laughs> I should probably grab a beer. I was gonna say, please do. <laughs> <laughs> Please do, because mine is, I mean, I don't think you could go in any further opposite direction than this, so. <laughs> All right, will do. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm cracking up because, A, I've not eaten a whole lot, and I've drank a bit of wine listening to your story. But also, I, during your story, there were a few moments where I wanted to laugh, not because anything you said was hilarious, but because I started thinking about... <laughs> my topic and how I was like oh shit (laughs) (laughs) Um, and I'm still thinking that perhaps we should say that like we never know what the other person is talking about not at all and maybe we should change that (laughs) no I like it it's hysterical because now mine is gonna completely lift everything up to a hysterical level to um to the point that like nobody's gonna end this podcast the two people that listen to it will not be depressed at the end of it but also literally yours was yours was great and I didn't know any of that and I thought should I do something a little more sophisticated than what I'm about to do and then I thought nah Nah. (laughs) (laughs) let's just go with it so my topic is hilarious and I just feel like it's gonna go over better if you are a little buzzed but we'll work with what you have I'm sure it won't take you very long to get back into it this is at least a seven percent beer so I'll get there I know I'm gonna bury the lead a little bit here but I know a weird amount of celebrities with this issue and that's because like years and years and years ago probably a decade or more ago I came across like a weird Us Weekly or some other like garbage publication that had like a featured article about it or something and I was like yes I would like to read more about these celebrity freaks so I'm gonna talk about polyphilia or polymastia which is better known as third nipples (laughs) 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 wow You had no idea I was going there, did you? Of course not. Yeah. No, never. And it would have never been on your list of topics that you think I'm ever going to talk about. But, (laughs) oh my gosh. Okay, so technically uh, polythelia or polymastia is considered like multiple nipples. It's not necessarily like three. And uh, just as a side note, I don't actually think people with third nipples are freaks, which I just called them. But, you know... Sure. So. <laughs> but let's be clear and hopefully the- this isn't hopefully this isn't like a spoiler but this isn't like total recall in a completely third titty right no no <laughs> i don't know if you go into that but i thought we should just clarify no so 
All right, literally, I've I've got to compose myself because it's just such a drastic turn from what you just did, and I'm still so depressed about poor John Brown. Now I'm going to talk about celebrities with third nipples. I'm sure it was an issue in John's John Brown's time as well. And I'll get into that for slave um, and free man alike. Okay, so polyphilia is actually uh, one of eight categories of nipples, which was theorized by this dude named uh, Kajava. It's technically category six, because there's eight of them, which basically means that these nipples have no areola and no underlying breast tissue. Okay. So just buckle up, because I'm going to say the word nipple a whole lot. (laughs) Okay. I don't know if I'm giving this, uh, if I'm going too far, but I need to ask, like... Since you said that, like, no areola, not around, like, anything else. Could someone technically have, like, the equivalent of, like... (laughs) No. I'm talking, like, dog nipples, like, all the way down their stomach, right? Okay. So, okay, so there's eight categories. Not necessarily, like, eight nipples, but there's, like, different types. So it's like, oh, this one doesn't have an areola. This one's, like, your typical, like, male breast. This is your female, whatever. Um, I'm not going to get into them. But I will kind of touch on what you just said in a minute. Okay. I will (laughs) stay tuned. Drink up and buckle up. According to the Genetic and Rare Diseases Information Center, also known as GARD, it's a rare condition that only about 200,000 Americans have. But also, that doesn't seem super rare to me. That's quite a, that's quite a bit of people. Like, that's, that's a city. Uh... That's like Farmington, Utah. Which <laughs> is my rest of 200,000 people. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Yeah, that is a lot. It's still a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the grand scope of our nation not huge but also that's a full city but again in reference for that that's only about half a percent of the people in the u.s so not a huge amount so it's more common in men than in women okay which i find really interesting though because i hear about it happening more in women than men Mm -hmm. but i'm wondering if that's maybe because women are more comfortable like saying that they had one and men feel like maybe it's emasculating. I feel like a man would be like, no, 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 it's a mole and just like not talk about it or get it burned off quick. Uh And I don't know if that's true, but that's kind of my feeling about it, maybe. Okay. So according to the BBC, okay, so in the US, it's half a percent of the population. But according to the BBC, the percent of people worldwide is more like 0.2% or up to 5.6%. Which is like a a huge range, range, right? Like that's giant. And then I read other studies that talked about it and they said, I was a little confused on the phrasing of this article that I read because they said, according to one study, here's how the percents break down. But then as they said, the different percentages, they said, and then this study. So I'm not sure if they were talking about one study or different studies for each like population. Not sure. But according to this one article, the breakdown of people with multiple nipples is 0.22% in a in a Hungarian population, 0.6% of white American infants, 1.63% of black American infants, 2.5% of Israeli infants, 4.7% of Israeli Arabic children, and 56 among German children, plus 5% 
of Japanese women, but only 1.6% of Japanese men. So all over the place. Wow. Literally all over the place. Of these races or populations, it sounds like Hungary is the best place to be because it's only 0.22% versus don't be a Japanese woman because 5% or a German. Or German child. That was pretty high, yeah. Yeah. 5.6, large. Okay, back to what you were saying. A third nipple is the most common, but people can actually have up to eight supernumerary nipples. Mm -hmm. Yikes. So you can have literally eight nipples, which is terrifying terrifying to me. I mean, that's crazy. Yeah, especially if you're a woman and they're larger. Okay, so did it talk about orientation? What do you mean by that? Like where they're placed? Yeah, are they just like around the normal one? Or are they like, could they be like all down your your abdomen? So I will talk about this. (laughs) I'll get to to that a little later. All right, all right. um, I'm jumping ahead. You are. Calm down. (laughs) I know it's a fascinating topic that everyone wants to know more about. Can I just say randomly, again, I, I like clicked through a random article years ago that was like celebrities that have a third nipple and i was like please tell me i need to know this i didn't know i needed to but i need to oh no and and then a couple years ago at my previous job somebody mentioned something about third nipples and i was like oh so-and-so has one so-and-so has one and they were like why do you know so much about third nipples and i was like i look like a freak because i read some trashy tablet story about it and then it randomly like pops up in my brain and i was like you know what if this is gonna be some weird thing that people think i know a lot about i'm gonna actually research about it so here we are (laughs) i'm the resident (laughs) i'm the resident guru on multiple nipples (laughs) if you have any questions i know things (laughs) Okay, so this is also why I was like, get drunk, it's gonna be hilarious. Okay, so why do people have more than the standard, like, two nipples? One reason is just because it's a variation of normal development. So, you know, something happens during development, not super uncommon. But the other reason they think is a a genetic syndrome. But then I didn't find any additional information about that. So, cool. I don't know what genetics play into that. But in the variation to normal development, here's kind of what happens. So, in the womb, the embryo, which is basically just a stack of different types of tissue... That's like what an embryo is at that point. One of the layers of that tissue starts to, or it starts getting thicker along the embryo's quote unquote belly, which forms the mammary ridges or the milk lines. Uh, All of this is from inverse.com. So if it's wrong, I'm sorry, it's not my fault. I'm just like copy and pasting things. Don't come for me. But basically that tissue, it develops multiple lumps of tissue that can develop into breasts. But as the fetus develops, those typically go away, except for the normal like two locations so usually when nipples form they form along these milk lines that have been produced oh so usually when multiple nipples form that was i phrased that so poorly usually when multiple nipples form they form along the milk lines so basically they're somewhat symmetric symmetrical to where our normal nipples are so if you have like a third one or like four or something they're gonna basically be along your abdomen so kind of like what you're talking about they might not be like perfectly in line but somewhat um yeah and and it also said every now and then they do end up somewhere like weird and random like the bottom of a foot whoa yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> but if you think that's weird, side tangent, when I was in Germany, which now if we loop back to Germany had um, like 5.6% of children with a third nipple, it's going to make a little more sense. Yeah. Um, when I was in Germany, this dude sat down on the tram next to me and I just kind of like looked over at him as you do somebody that sits down next to you. And I was like, hold the phone. You have a full on nipple on your forehead. Oh! And, yes, I'm not talking about a mole or something. It was like a full nipple up there. Wait. And I was like, wait, hang on. Ah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh! Yes. Wait. It, so it like looks like any other male nipple. On the forehead. On the forehead. Oh, wow. And I was like, I'm I. That is amazing. It was the craziest thing to me. And I was like, hang on. Am I seeing this correctly? I literally had to like text my friend sitting next to me and be like, am I, can I not see this correctly? And it wasn't any way to like shame this poor dude to be like, dude, there's a dude with a third nipple on his forehead. It was literally me being like, am I high and seeing something like that's not there? Like I'm, that's what this is is right literally like straight up on his forehead right here i will never forget it well you should say right where right there is right here well it was like between his eyebrow and probably like the inner um inner part of your hairline you know where your hairline kind of like scoops back well so basically like in line with your right eye mm -hmm. which is up a forehead yeah just up not touching the hairline, but more toward the hairline than your eyebrow, which is like, right yeah, up there. But like middle forehead on the right side. Left side. Straight up, oh, okay. Left side. Straight yeah. up nipple. Straight up nipple. And I was like, uh, what is happening right now? Okay. So, so uh, uh, just a side tangent here. I need to say. <laughs> Please. Um, it's very interesting that Germany would have one of the highest yes. instances of this because, I mean, thank God for these people. People, like the Sixth Reich didn't continue into history because they would have like eliminated people like this. And it's amazing that like people like this like weren't already eliminated. And it's such a high percentage in huge. that country that still has it. Huge. That is amazing because they they got rid of like anomalies like that. Hundred percent. Yeah, they were not into it. They wanted you wow. to be a fixed specimen under right. their guidelines what they absolutely well again thank goodness they weren't still around and this dude was totally free to live his life i do wonder though i mean props to him because he i don't know maybe he didn't feel shame about it maybe he did yeah. i don't know he rocked that third nipple on he was head. totally chill and i don't know maybe <laughs> that's something that he was like every time he got on a tram he was like everyone's staring at this i don't know and i feel kind of bad because i totally don't want to be that person but oh. but also i have to think like so he was probably middle-aged yeah and i have to think about like okay so what was his childhood like though with right. this thing like he must have been teased Absolutely. i mean how are you not as a child children are right. assholes so wow. i just think like why why did you never get it removed and like if you didn't ever want to and you were like it makes me unique then props to you but i just think as like a child that must have been difficult like, I just think without a shadow of a doubt that had to be hard as a child. Yeah. So being it's on one your thing as an adult, face. it's another thing as a child. That's a good point. Yeah. Well, and also like most people with multiple nipples, they're like on their stomachs. They look like moles. It's not a big deal. This was like on this dude's face as a child. Because it's with not like they developed. Like looks like your normal nipple on your chest. Yeah. yeah. Wow. It 
it didn't look like a mole, like a big raised mole or mm. anything like that. I was like, that's, I know exactly what this is. Like there right. was. That's a man nipple. I've seen yes. my dad without a shirt. <laughs> that's a man nipple. I only have male relatives. This <laughs> 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 is not uncommon for me. So, yeah, literally. My wife. So. <laughs> I'm not lying, though, am I? No, that's why I'm laughing. I know. Just leave it at that. <laughs> so, anyway, to this random man, I assume he was German. I don't know. He could have been a tourist. <laughs> don't worry, dude, because you're in good company, and we'll get to that. Basically, third nipples, again, are they're completely harmless with, I mean, other than the potential to be, like, have a psychological effect which was kind of my point with this poor guy is like as a child did that like I would just like to interview him about his third nipple and be like how did it feel growing up But anyways, other than like psychological effects, they really don't do any harm to you. But there has been some research that has suggested a correlation between supernumerary nipples and kidney or urinary tract malformations. Boy, that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. But um, the connection between them is like super unclear. So who the hell knows? And it's possibly because the urinary, renal, and mammary systems grow around the same time during the embryonic development. But other research have been like researchers, other researchers have been like, please stop this. There's no correlation. And you guys are reaching for an explanation. So we don't really know. Okay. Don't really know. So how can you tell if you have a third nipple? Well, it can look like a nipple. So I said like, well, if it looks like a nipple, but it's not one of the standard two, then congrats, you have a third nipple. It should be pretty obvious. But a lot of the time they just look like moles and very similar to just like the standard raised moles. So Mm. again, they kind of happen along the milk line, which starts as my dog sneezes. You good? Damn. Okay. So the milk line, it starts in your armpit and it goes down um, and past your normal nipples and down into like, or down to your genital area. So kind of that shape. Yeah. An extra nipple might also be ridged or it might have nipple like bumps in them. So don't panic. If you have a mole on your stomach, it could just be a mole, but also it might be a third nipple. (laughs) You should talk Mm. to your doctor. Because it's super interesting. But again, if you do have one, don't worry because you're in fantastic company. And I don't just mean my stranger on the tram. There's two people that I think of the most when people mention third nipples. And the first one is Chandler Bing from Friends. Okay. He talks about the fact that he has a third nipple and he calls it his nubbin, which is like... <laughs> yeah, I kind of remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And people are like, I'm sorry, what? And he's like, it's my <laughs> nubbin. And they're like, what? Okay. So, but don't worry, because like Chandler still cleans up, you know, with the ladies in the show and no one really cares yes, that he well. has a third nipple. Nope. Except for like sometimes his friends tease him about his nubbin, but it's not anything big. But he's fictional. So. Right. The other really famous person that first comes to my mind is Mark Wahlberg because mm. he actually has one and he's like never kept it a secret, but his literally looks just like a small mole. Like it's not, you would never know. And he, mm. like if he hadn't pointed it out, no one would have ever known. Everyone would have just been like, oh, that's that mole that he has like on his rib cage, like no big deal. But it's not a mole. It's actually a third nipple. And he talks about it a lot. So, so no areola on Mark Wahlberg's third nipple. No. And that's okay. usually how they are. They're usually gotcha. just straight up. They look like moles. No one would know the difference. unless right. you, So if you're like ashamed that you have a third nipple, you could totally be like, it's just a mole. And everyone would be like, yeah, cool. It's a mole. No one would think right. twice about it. Right. 
and I not to be insensitive, I hope this isn't, but dog nipples or cat yeah. nipples or whatever. No areola, they're just all along yeah. the abdomen, you know, and that milk line like you talked about. That sounds like Mark Wahlberg's nipple. Yeah, pretty much. And pretty what much is the point of an areola anyways? I don't know. <laughs> Should have done research on it. <laughs> <laughs> there is a TV star and model named Joanna Krupa, and she also has one, but hers looks like a mole. Wow. And she just always thought it was. And then her doctors were like, that's a nipple. And she was like, okay. Tilda Swinton, who I absolutely love. Do you know Do you know who I'm talking about? You had a confused look on your face. She is the weird woman in like literally everything uh to she, me the weird woman and everything is hella wait Hel- helena bottom uh-huh Co- carter K- helena yeah. bottom bottom carter right carter yeah Tilda Swinton is the is um she kind of looks the exact opposite of Helena Bonham Carter. Um she is yeah. like tall, thin, she's blonde, usually has short blonde hair. Um she was in I'm trying to think of any movie that you have seen her in and I can't think of any, but she's in tons of shit. Okay. You can look her up. What was um, her name again? Tilda Swinton. Okay. She's I mean she's literally in everything. So she refers to hers as a witch's mark and she used to use it to scare her brothers, which I find amazing because I think she's amazing and also I have brothers and I wish I had something to scare them with but yeah. you guys were always older than me so there was really nothing that I could like trick you with I looked her up she's uh, an interesting chick yeah but you like you know about her though right totally like, yeah I've her. seen yeah. her in several things yeah. I couldn't tell you what though yeah she's incredible I love her anyway she referred to her as like a witch's mark and they were often referred to that back in the day as like a witch's mark or a devil's mark or right. a witch's tea devil's tea <laughs> and it was thought to be used to nurse a familiar which is like an animal that they use to do their bidding so like these evil <laughs> demonic people that have these animals and then you nurse them with your third nipple <laughs> so that fits right in line with tilda swinton and i think i couldn't be more like impressed with her as a person like she is incredible that's fantastic that even like as a child she used that (laughs) the the singer lily allen has three and she's like very proud of the fact that she has a third nipple and she constantly shows it off okay and hers is like high up too so she's like always nearly flashing everyone because she's just like check out my third nipple carrie underwood actually revealed that she had a third nipple during her american idol audition so like what a way to get on the show and she actually said that it looked like a mole but she had it removed because she apparently did not want a third nipple and like fair fair enough yeah zach efron might have one Mm. sandra lee who is a dermatologist and she's also known as dr pimple popper online like she's very famous yes Yeah. She claims that he has a third nipple. She's like, I've seen it. It's a third nipple. And he's, he denies it though. He's like, no, 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 I don't have a third nipple. But also (laughs) he just might be ashamed of it because again, I feel like men would find it emasculating and women are probably like weirded out by it, but they're probably just like, whatever. But I feel like men, for some reason, like it's a sense of pride and they're like, I don't want a third nipple. It seems like a weird thing. I don't know. Yeah, perhaps. Bill Paxton had three nipples and he said one time quote i've got three nipples three no one knows about that but no one's ever asked me before i guess it's about time i got it off my chest end quote which is like such a wonderful joke and he's very missed i'm very sad absolutely bill paxton what a treasure what a treasure Um, like seriously truly 
Truly. Um, one of my favorite dudes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, besides what... John Brown, like, yeah, <laughs> a serious badass was Bill Paxton. The well, seriously, like, what if he ever, I like, I'm sure he has done shitty movies, but I can only think of like really great movies that he was in. So very memorable guy. Like you yeah. can think of like several Bill Paxton quotes, like awesome 100%. guy. And sometimes you're like, oh yeah, that one movie. And with Bill Paxton. <laughs> yeah. Like he was never like the main dude, but he was no. always like, like a great supporting actor. Yeah. He was Except fantastic. For Twister. He was the main dude. Well, and then, um, oh my gosh, why can't I think of the name of it? Big Love, the polygamy HBO series. Certainly, right. He is the main guy, so I need right. to watch that still, but I hear it's great. He's in a great miniseries with the, um, about the Hatfields and McCoys. Yes. Very that cool. Was fantastic. Very good. I Bill Paxton. When it came out. Wonderful like, actor. Yes. 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 He's very missed, and he had three nipples, so. And I like that he just like offered it up one time. Like he just had nothing else to say. So he was just like, I have three nipples. And then hey, made man, a joke nobody about ever it. asked, but I got a third nipple. Like no one knows, but no one's asked. So fair. Why did no one ask about my third nipple? <laughs> oh, he's fantastic. Last, but very much not least. And I am going to send you a picture for this one. The last person on my thing is Harry Styles, who is, if you don't know him, which I imagine you probably don't, maybe you know his name. He, <laughs> he is one of the people in the band One Direction and like everyone loves him and he's actually kind of like ventured into acting like he was just in the Christopher Nolan one shoot what is the name of Dunkirk there there we go that the one yes Dunkirk his actually like blow my mind because he actually has four nipples wow and there is like no mistaking them as moles they look like straight up nipples wow like areola and everything so i just sent them to you oh, let's see oh yeah here we go chat one of them is like much <laughs> oh. much more like it just kind oh, of looks like a... a birthmark but the other okay. one is like yeah okay straight up another nipple yeah i see how they look different from the other one like yeah okay but that how one under like his left normal peck yes. is just like a very small nipple. But that's a straight up like a nipple. nip. Yeah. So very normal. That has like the areola and everything on it. It basically does. Yeah. It's yeah. much smaller. Like very it's small. uh if like it's maybe a quarter of a size of the other one. Yes. Yeah, his blow my mind because I'm like, you are four? Yeah. Like that's that seems like so many. And wow. he's like also not ashamed of it. Like somebody was like, so the internet, there's a rumor going around on the internet that you have multiple nipples. And he was like, uh-huh. Yeah, I sure do. And then in <laughs> one of their music videos, he's shirtless and he literally like covers his top nipples. And then he's <laughs> like, uh-oh, and covers the bottom too. <laughs> you can find gifts of it if you don't want to look up the whole thing. <laughs> I've seen. I feel like yeah, no, not you, but anyone else that wants to look up. (laughs) He's got the nipples, man. That's my whole spiel on multiple nipples, which is again such a drastic turn from (laughs) your topic. (laughs) I literally was like, should I do one of these other ones? And I was like, 
And we're just going to go for it. I think this is perfect. Like, why collaborate before, you know? Like, go into it. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, my gosh. The only thing you told me is that yours is is a little lighthearted. And I was like, okay, mine's a little heavy. I will go first. Yeah. (laughs) I think that was perfect. I think uh, yours totally like wiped out anything, any feelings that mine had. <laughs> wow, multiple nipples. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, I'm going to look at all my moles and make sure, but I think I'm okay. Didn't talk about having any on the back, right? I have a big back mole that I don't see real well, possibly. Yeah, not. but you know what, bruv? They had people with them on their forehead and their the bottom of their feet. So... <laughs> Maybe get it checked out. Oh, yeah. John Brown and third nipples. Yeah, good combo. Perhaps <laughs> what a, what a John rant. Brown had a third nipple. Who knows? We'll never know. We won't. I mean, 0.5 of our population. Yep. Maybe there's a correlation between rebellious people and third nipples, but we'll never know. Definitely somebody in his rebellion probably had one. <laughs> I don't know. No, probably not. That still doesn't equal out. <laughs> he's 21 people oh yeah it's pretty sad well all right thank you matt for hanging out fantastic yeah i learned a lot about something that you will never need to know about (laughs) who knows (laughs) fair fair enough maybe i'll date someone with multiple nipples and i won't be weirded out and then maybe i'll have like offspring that has multiple nipples and be like okay that's fine maybe maybe you'll end up dating somebody and you'll be like that's not a mole and they'll be like yes it is and you'll be like it's not though (laughs) and i'll be able to impart knowledge (laughs) useless knowledge i am full of useless knowledge and now when somebody brings it up and they're like you know a lot about this i'll be like more than you ever know (laughs) and it won't just be because i read some trashy like tabloid clickbait it'll be because i actually researched it (laughs) (laughs) i took time out of my life to research this it's true all about it Thank you for listening to Half-Assed History. Uh, This has been Matthew. Matthew. Major props to him because he created the Half-Assed History uh, graphic, which is incredible. And I showed everyone. No, no, no. You made that whole thing pretty much. Like I added text and that's it. And that doesn't count at all. (laughs) You made that image. (laughs) No, it doesn't. It really doesn't. And it is fantastic. When you sent it to me, I sent it to everyone else that I know that knows about this. And they were all screaming. And I was like, yeah, same. I almost crashed my car. (laughs) It's great. You were driving during it. I was going to say, I really wasn't. No, because you sent it to me when I was like at work or whatever. But but yeah, it was incredible. It is incredible. It's not at all what I expected. When you said like cartoon, I was like, I don't really want a cartoon. And then you sent it to me and I was like, yes, this is all I ever want. (laughs) This will be my logo forever for as long as I can actually stay motivated and do this podcast. Motivation is hard to keep going. Yeah worse it's bad in our family i feel like yes yes i'm always glad when i get it done but to do that extra research especially when i'm working full-time is like i know i get it but do you want to talk about where the inspiration for the logo came from (laughs) i mean i will let you talk about that because (laughs) yes 
You truly, but the reason I will let you is because you went a completely different direction than I had in my mind. And mm-hmm. so again, when you were like, no, I'm turning it into a cartoon. I was like, I don't want a cartoon. But then it came out incredible. And I was like, yes, I do want a cartoon. So I just took inspiration from Dumb and Dumber. Where <laughs> Jim Carrey is in Boyd. his bright orange suit yeah lloyd christmas is in his bright <laughs> orange suit and he's like trying to look sexy at the bar while his friend harry is talking to like the love of his life and he's like got this pose where he's like sticking his butt out and for some reason it was like what popped in my head while trying to think of george washington showing half of his ass <laughs> My idea was like, oh, half-assed history. Let's take a picture of a statue or like, let's take a statue, like the statue of David or something where there's an, like a butt and do half of it. Maybe like put um, some kind of like tapestry across half of the butt. So you only yeah. see half of it, whatever. Right. And then literally Photoshop a statue of George Washington or Abraham Lincoln, somebody that's like very obvious to anyone and like Photoshop their face onto the statue of David. So it would just be like a complete composite Photoshopped image of the statue, but it would be like that face doesn't belong there. (laughs) And that's what was in my mind. And then Matt was like, I'm making a cartoon. And then you sent me like what you had already done. And I was like, Oh, Oh no, he was right. Like this is so much better than, my thought well thank you for being my guinea pig and thank you for making my logo because that was very kind of you you really didn't have to do it i had some free time i don't know how it'll be in the future so yeah this is fun it is fun well i'll probably bully you into a few more episodes but i do have other people that want to do it i just (sighs) need to schedule time it's it's so much easier with you because i can just be like get online and you'll be like all right yeah you can kind of bully me into it but yeah full time is it's tough yeah i get it so i'll do it when i can and uh was certainly fun so yeah well you teach us lots of things that are important in our history and then i (laughs) (laughs) ruin them (laughs) thank you thanks to anybody out there who's listening that's awesome 